Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're not studying film today. We're studying an arcane. Uh, I, I think they, they've taken the time to write it as well as they can. Um, <laughs> communicate from the league office, basically uh, stating what they expect to be the playoff procedure going forward. And I, I, I am here. Uh, going to talk about it with Jordan Coe of the Situation Room. Jordan, how are you doing? Good, Ken. Glad to. Interesting to be here, I should say. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's definitely a weird time. There's a lot to mull through, and I think there's still some unanswered questions by this. Although it does a pretty good job of laying out the possibilities here. So basically, with regard to the to the Buffalo Cincinnati game, the NFL has decided that it will not be resumed. Uh, there are lots of talk that it might be a Week 19 game with the AFC playoffs being deferred a week. Yada yada. That's not going to happen. Uh, we do want to mention, um, you know, wanting to know where the teams are playing uh, is, is not an unreasonable thing for fans to do. We still want to recognize that I think it was the right decision absolutely to stall and discontinue that Cincinnati-Buffalo game when they did based on the players' reaction on the field. I don't think there's any question that that was the right thing to do. And, and even if that isn't what was kind of agreed upon. I think that was what was going to happen anyway. It sounds like right. John McDermott's response to this was tremendous. I, I I think he's a great coach to begin with, but you know, on the field, you know, when he when he connected with Coach Taylor and said, I, I need to leave and go to the hospital with him, um, I think that just says a ton about the character of John McDermott as a man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, great news about DeMar Hamlin today from medical professionals. So that's, uh, you know, good news for the NFL, good news for our sport, good news for the Hamlin family, obviously. Uh, And uh, good news for, I I think, fans of the game once they realize, you know, the potential significance of the fact that it's not, um, you know, an on-field death that it, uh, you know, appeared like it could be 
on Thursday night. Sorry, on, on Monday night, right? Monday night, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, what a tribute to the medical personnel on the spot and the work that they did. It's unbelievable that Hamlin ha is recovering um, and at the speed mm -hmm. that he is, it's, it's phenomenal news across the board, um, you know, and, and whether it was related to this board or not, you know, these kind of things happen in lots of different scenarios and situations and to people. And so knowing that we have medical professionals ready on the spot out there in our communities and our world in a lot of different places ready to step in like this is, uh, is really heartening to see both from the people on the field and the hospital care that he received after that. Yeah. Great point. And I, I, you know, you hear different things about how long it takes for resuscitation, you, you know, that there's a certain number of minutes you have. And I, you know, as a kid, I always heard four minutes, you know, if you, you, you've got to resuscitate the person within that time back then, they also breathe through the mouth into the, the uh, person back then, which they don't do anymore. But, the, but I've then also heard since that hospitals try and resuscitate people for 20 or 30 minutes when they go out. And uh, you know, I've also heard that you drop in water, and and you know it, you can you can be resuscitated for more time, but uh, very nice that a nine minute resuscitation has resulted in you know the the victim being being back you know apparently uh, uh, responsive uh, within what a couple of days. Yeah, it, it's tremendous. I mean, obviously, our our healthcare and our science is significantly always rapidly changing and improving. And um, it's just, it's incredible to see. I, I I am not the person to comment on the medical piece of it other than to be in awe of the work that was done um, mm -hmm. based on kind of any knowledge that I have on that. But, um, you know, like you said, it's it's tremendous. A lot of people had a lot to say about it that night, including some people that had some particularly terrible takes on it. Um, but a lot of people had a lot to say about it. But at the end of the day, the people that did the work and were there to to be the support staff and to to fill those roles in those places um, in in all capacities, both on the field, transport, and at the hospital, um, all deserve to be incredibly commended. Yeah, outstanding uh, across the board, to be sure. Well, let's turn back to the football side of this and and talk about what the NFL has now done. Um, they basically said they, they came out with a, a communication that, that went to all the teams talks about, uh, you know, basically talking about the DeMar Hamlin tragedy to start with and how incredibly appreciative they are. The amazing work by medical personnel they commend each and every one of them. Um, and then they get down to the decision itself. And that's what we, we want to talk through on this show to, to, to basically say what they're doing. It is complex. I will tell you that. So, not playing the Buffalo Cincinnati game to its conclusion will have no effect on which teams qualify for the postseason. No club would qualify for the postseason. No club will be eliminated because of the outcome of this game. So they're not moving the playoffs to an extra team that had been suggested to take away a home game from Kansas city. Uh, that had been one possibility. Of course, some Steelers uh, you know, segments wanted that done. So did some teams in the NFC who are on the riding on the cusp of that, seven and eight or whatever you have to be seven and nine now to, to be on the cusp of the wild card there. Um, that's not, uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, it would require postponing the start of the playoffs for one week, thereby affecting all 14 clubs that qualify for postseason play. That is a key factor. I'm not sure it, it should have been a deciding factor. Obviously a number of other proposals were there to play that game in week 19, have the NFC playoffs start early, the AFC playoffs start a week late. What did you think of that proposal, Jordan? 
Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I, it seemed as though that wasn't something I think that was even reasonably being considered. I, there, there is, if you think about the, like setting aside the football side of this, if you just consider the mechanics of how much sponsor dollars, corporate money, attention is generated in that extra week between the Super Bowl, like you can argue that that week is there for the players. I don't believe it. It's there for the money. And there is no way I think that the NFL was going to walk away from probably millions of dollars in commitments that they have already paid out throughout Arizona to set all of that up and to have that going, um, you know, in exchange for kind of the, the value of adding one potential game of a team being able to play and the revenue that they were going to generate from that. I just don't think, I don't think that was a trade-off that was ever going to be reasonably considered and adding another team to the playoffs I, that if that team would have won for whatever reason, I think just from a fairness standpoint, that strikes me as the most unfair outcome that, yeah. that would, would be possible to allow a team that shouldn't have been allowed to play to win. It doesn't address any of the two, three, and four, you know, the, the, the teams, basically I'm including Baltimore in there, but, but, the, but the two, three and Baltimore teams that are really the most, uh, you know, damaged by the, by the loss of the game. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Dan Reese, who does the By the Numbers podcast with me, said, how about flipping a coin for that? Now, he didn't suggest that. He he had heard that, so he relayed that. Um, as an outcome, you know, that would be a not rational possibility from my perspective, but one that, uh, you know, is is done for certain things in the NFL after it's, it's the last tiebreaker after a bunch of other things, including net touchdowns are, are considered uh, it's, it's, it's way down there. Uh, I don't know if, if, if that sort of thing would have been a reasonable way to resolve the Buffalo Cincinnati outcome. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, I think, I think the best way is, as a, the initial step of saying, we are just going to eliminate this game from the schedule. Like the prep, all of the things that had led up to that have been done. That can't be repeated. That process is kind of like baked into where they are. I think that you have to try and find equity on the other side of that. And, you know, I think we'll talk a little bit more about whether we got the most equitable decision here on the other side of it. I think, I think they got close, but I don't think they got all the way there. Well, as we know, any disruption has winners and losers. Any change politically, economically, legislatively, any change has winners and losers. So you're not going to make everybody whole. You just <laughs> can't do it. So they did. They really did, I think, via the competition committee who looked at this at 6 o'clock, come up with something where they tried to get close here. So let's go to the next uh, component of this making the decision prior to week 18 is consistent with our competitive principles and enables all clubs to know the playoff possibilities prior to playing the final weekend of regular season games. That's a very important point, And I want to come back to it on one of the decisions because there are coin flips in this outcome that come in later. And one question is, should that coin flip, when should that coin flip occur before or after week 18? But we'll get to that in a minute here. Yeah, I, I think they're absolutely right, though, to have, you know, and it seems like there was no, the NFL was and the Players Association were acting with the most haste to have this decided in advance of the games. It, it's certainly the most, as clear as it possibly can be going into these games, seems like the fairest outcome overall of of how this should be executed. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, there was a, a contingent that was saying that the NFL was hoping for a trifecta 
of game results, and it would have been very unlikely, uh, but the Ravens had to lose to Cincinnati. Cincinnati had to win. Buffalo had to win their Week 18 game, and Kansas City had to lose their Week 18 game, the, less, the, the least likely of all. And if they had gotten that trifecta of games correct, then there wouldn't have been any need for this sort of adjustment. But because you don't know, all the teams need to know in advance of Week 18 what they're playing for. Yeah, totally, totally agree. All right. Let's go on. I'll just read some of this verbatim here. Canceling the game between the Bills and Bengals creates potential competitive inequities in certain playoff scenarios. In an effort to mitigate those inequities, NFL clubs will consider tomorrow in a special league meeting a resolution recommended by the commissioner and approved today by the competition committee consisting of two elements. So this thing has been uh, recommended by the commissioner and approved by the competition committee so far. It's going to go to the owners. I would expect that to be a rubber stamp vote tomorrow. Would you agree with that? If they send this back, oh boy, I, I, I don't know how they can do it. I, I can't imagine. It, it's really hard to envision a scenario where this doesn't get approved or that, you know, especially with I, the competition committee. And I had to look this up. I looked it mm-hmm. up before we started chatting about it. it includes an owner of one of the teams. So John Mara sits on that it includes four head coaches or at least maybe former head coaches um, within the NFL. That's interesting. Whether Frank Reich is still uh, a, on the competition committee or not having lost his job and was replaced with, by Jeff Saturday. Um, just an interesting consideration. He, he was replaced by, he was no, I, I'm just asking that question because all the published lists of the NFL competition committee include Frank Reich. Um, so I don't know why he would be, suddenly disqualified from doing it i mean they, he, they might want somebody different next right. year but but i don't know why you'd immediately because everybody else different. is associated and has ties to a team directly right so like all of a sudden he becomes a completely rogue potential agent with no vested interest in the league because he or, doesn't have a job or or a, or a guy with no dog in the fight which right. we sometimes appreciate as a mediator and and whatnot he, he's one of what eight people on the competition committee i think 10. it's more than so i yeah i think it's closer to 10 it, it the ceo of the falcons the exec, executive vice president of the bengals the general manager of the dolphins the evp of the cowboys john mara of the giants the owner ozzy newsome is on that committee on newsome, the Ravens and mike tomlin as well yeah. And Ron Rivera and Mike Vrabel. So they're the current head coaches that are in addition to Frank Reich and Mike Tomlin. What would be interesting is it would probably be nice to get some member of NFL officiating included in that. Although maybe this is not really the right place, but it it would be nice to, to have somebody on that committee who can give practical aspects of officiating a game when they discuss things like rules. Maybe they bring them in only as analysts, but it'd be, it'd be nice to have that on the committee. It would be really interesting to know if this was a unanimous uh motion out of this committee um so the committee typically requires a 75 percent approval to move out of committee so two people can be against this so it is possible that the ravens and ozzy newsome and katie blackburn the executive vice president of the cincinnati Bengals, who both sit on this committee were against this proposal before it moves forward um, and that could be like an interesting subtext to this not getting approved by the owners. I think that's really, really unlikely, um, but intriguing nonetheless. We're we're not going to see that. This is not a Supreme Court decision where you have the dissenting <laughs> uh, components. By the way, the the process of a dissenting opinion is very near and dear to my heart, and and is is one that I think is very important to have when you have any committee that's deciding on something, uh, and and. It's, it is very important anyway that that that, that be known at, at some point. I think we probably might hear about it, but I, I don't think that the Ravens have gotten any 
better of a deal than they possibly could have gotten. Or it's harder for me to imagine. And we'll get on to this right now. So uh, let's go on to the first thing. The, number one is the AFC championship game will be played at a neutral site if the participating teams played an unequal number of games and both could have been the number one seed and hosted the game had all AFC clubs played a full 17-game regular season. Those circumstances involve Buffalo or Cincinnati qualifying for the game as road team and are listed below. Now, let's make this point clearly. Neither one of these teams is going to be the actual number one seed. So no matter what, Kansas City is getting the bye. Kansas City is just losing a guaranteed possibility of a a home AFC championship team game. That's how I read this. Yeah, I, I, I read that the same way. Okay. So here's scenario number one. Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie. In that case, um, they would both have the same record finishing the season at 13 and 4. Or, no, I'm saying 14 and 3. At 14 and 3 or 14, 13, 3 and 1, right? Those two things, those two possibilities. Um, uh, I, 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 Yeah. Then the championship game would be at a neutral site if it's played between Buffalo and Kansas City. Okay, same record. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two, Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or tie. Then a Buffalo-Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Basically the same thing. They both lose. Both of those teams end up end up with four losses. Buffalo has that one pseudo tie. Or, or no contest, um, and they instead play that game at a neutral site. They don't coin flip for the site, which would be an interesting possibility for that. They play it at a neutral site. And Buffalo and Kansas City, I'm not sure where you play that game. Maybe Indianapolis. Uh, you know, it, It'd be someplace probably between the two cities. They want to get a lot of fans from both cities. Both those team fan bases travel very well. I don't think there'd be a problem. Uh, you know, These are both... The populations of both these cities are known for long camper rides. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> All right. So those guys are are uh, they'll play at a neutral site if if they meet in the AFC Championship game under most conditions, with the exception of scenario three. Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and Cincinnati wins. Then a Buffalo or Cincinnati versus Kansas City Championship game would be at a neutral site. So basically, Cincinnati gets in the um, uh, ring, and if they get to that championship game, then they go to a neutral site again. And again, I don't know where that is. If it's in Indianapolis, in that case, there has been complaints that Indianapolis is too close to Cincinnati and too far from Kansas City, which we already heard during the buildup to this. Yeah, it, it, this one, you know, the third scenario with Cincinnati being involved is fascinating. This is one that, you know, this is a, a scenario where Cincinnati should be relatively happy because. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty low percentage chance that the Chiefs were going to lose in week 18. Um, and if they knew that they had to be playing to win to have access to the bye and home field advantage for the duration of the playoffs, it is an opportunity for Cincinnati to at least steal away some of that home field advantage, which is quite strong for Kansas City, um, you know, in this scenario where they, they could not have passed them regardless um, for the overall one seed. Is it, oh, they could without, not. Without, without Kansas City losing. Without Kansas City losing. Right. So, but if they had, if Kansas City, just just to get this right, if they had beaten Buffalo and Kansas City had lost and they beat us, I thought they would have been the one seed. They would have been the one seed. Correct. Mm-hmm. But just indicating that 
Kansas City was unlikely to lose in week in the week 18 in the last week of the season. Um, that. And now Kansas City doesn't have to win. You know, the trade-off now is Kansas City gets to not have to try incredibly hard in this game, but at the loss of potentially if Cincinnati makes it all the way to the championship game then of having to play on a neutral site. So that's a slight cool. advantage to Cincinnati overall. Yeah, but, but and and they would also struggle with Buffalo too because they can lose the one seed still to Buffalo if they lose the game, right? Correct. That is true. Okay. So they're they're going to play hard. They're going to they're going to try oh, and win that. Yeah, game. that is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> uh, they they want that buy for sure, and uh, you know there are some other consequences here. Let's go to number two because this is the one that involves the Ravens, and obviously is going to really interest Ravens fans. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincinnati, a division opponent, twice, but will not be able to host a home playoff game because Cincinnati will have a higher winning percentage for a 16-game schedule than Baltimore will for a 17-game schedule. If Baltimore defeats Cincinnati and if those teams are scheduled to play a wild card game against one another, the site for that game would be determined by a coin toss. A coin toss. Yeah, I, I think that one in particular to me is a little wild. You know, I, I think that there's no there's there's a ton here. There's a lot here to unpack, which is that you end up having, you know, winning percentage between an imbalanced number of games overall for two teams being kind of the evaluation point. You have two head-to-head wins for either team, you know, within that context. It becomes very difficult to win your division in any circumstance when you've taken two head-to-head losses against one team in your division typically. Um and so, you know, I think coin toss is the, I think it's probably the second fairest outcome here. And I think that the, I think a more fair way to measure this would be to not count Baltimore and Clayton Cincinnati's shared game against Buffalo in the stand in the evaluation of this, um, which would as a Ravens fan default the Ravens to winning that division. But to me, it seems slightly unfair that a random coin toss is the evaluation when one team doesn't have to play to the outcome, but the other team did. So okay. I think that ultimately, I like this format. I think that it's okay to cancel the game. It's okay to say that essentially Cincinnati has already won the division and has locked it up for those purposes. But I do think that if Baltimore were to win this game, that in in many ways they should be handed the home playoff game for the reasons that I just described. Well, there is another consideration to this that is um, unlikely to be significant, but but if possible, is... If the Ravens were to meet Cincinnati at any other time during the playoffs, which could happen if the Ravens elevate to the number five seed, they are not afforded this same coin toss opportunity. So if they were to play in the AFC championship and it's Cincinnati and Baltimore, well, this whole coin toss thing goes away or the divisional round or whenever. Uh, So the, the Ravens, if they you know, win, get the five seed because the Chargers lose, they will go to probably Jacksonville, but could be Tennessee still, um, to play a playoff game, and they will have no home playoff game from from the way this is written here. So not beyond the wild card round, the Ravens are not afforded another coin toss opportunity. That is something that they probably negotiated over pretty significantly in that competition committee would be my guess. Yeah, it, it's 
one of the most fascinating things about this is that both Baltimore and Cincinnati had representation, you know, on the competition mm-hmm. committee. And intriguingly, you know, the combination of Kansas City and Buffalo did not. So I imagine that that this this portion of the result of this was actually probably pretty measured and nuanced. And there were concessions in some format or another um, by both teams that said that we can get behind this and, and we can we can make this OK. And that's how it got out of committee. And I think likely why this will pass quickly on the other side by the other rest of the owners. Let's let's talk about the coin flip situation as a moment, because you said, you know, your way is a very pro Baltimore way to basically say, well, that's fine. Just exclude the Bills Ravens result from week four, which was a loss. And that's that's fine. And Cincinnati fans are, are, are screaming. They're saying we led that game seven to three. We were driving at the time of the injury. You know, all of that. I, I, I can't put a lot of value in, but they, they probably were uh, more likely than not to win that game. So, you know, some other measure that a coin flip could be could be fair. I think one of the things that Cincinnati could be saying out of this is, hey, look, we've got a couple of disadvantages coming from this. Yeah, we have an advantage in this playoffs in terms of who we might play and the possibility of getting additional home field advantage. But next year we suffer at, on the schedule for this. We play, we play a first place schedule and, and we're done with that. If you want, you know, a coin flip, it should be for the division itself, perhaps, Um not sure which way the Ravens would lean uh, on such a um, risk. Yeah, it, it's int- it will be very interesting to see who plays for Baltimore this Sunday as well. And whether or not the whatever was advocated for within this larger context ends up dictating the result of what they did. I'm sure before this meeting happened, there was a very extensive conversation between Ozzy and DaCosta and Biscotti and Harbaugh and other oh, yeah. whoever, whoever from a leadership perspective was involved in Baltimore. But I agree with you. I mean, in a lot of ways, this seems like an ideal scenario for Baltimore. You get a coin flip opportunity to host a playoff game, both from a revenue perspective and a winning the game perspective. Um, but you don't have to play a first first place schedule the following year. Like this essentially will who which I think this will allow the Ravens to avoid having to play the Chiefs Buffalo, next year. Kansas City, yep. Yeah. Uh, Just the Chiefs. I think they have play the AFC. Don't they play in the AFC North next year? Let me let me think about that for a second. So what do I know from particular years when they played people? By now, you're probably noticing that there's strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's because it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans help bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. By now, you probably know how much I love Liquid Death. Well, every week I tell you about a different way I've used Liquid Death to mess with people. This week it was taking a cooler full of Liquid Death to the softball game. Because as our team chugged down Liquid Death, our play improved while the other team drank other stuff and maybe got a little sloppy out on the field. So take Liquid Death. The other team has no clue what you're doing. Or take it to work. We've talked about that many times. Drag it around to your friends at school. Maybe the carpool lane. Maybe we'll talk about the carpool lane next week. Just take liquid death. Enjoy it. It's ice cold water. You're going to have a great time and fun. Go get liquid death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find liquid death retailers near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. 
Oh, I thought so, I saw. A, a so who, who did they play the last two years? Well, yeah, we just played the East. So done with that. Who did we play two years ago in 20? But I, I can check that real quickly. I think it uh, might have been the West. Uh, you could really be right. Let's see. Looks like it was the South. They played Jacksonville and Tennessee. Okay. So they they so will play the West no matter what next year, right. but they'll avoid – this is not very good. They'll avoid Jacksonville and avoid uh, Buffalo. I mean, that – you know, so so given that consider, it would have been it would have been really ideal if it was avoiding Kansas City and Buffalo. Right, <laughs> Baltimore probably should have been all in on that. But you know, it's intriguing. You don't ever expect to be in a position to lose a game, but you have to think that if the Ravens thought they were going into this game with Anthony Brown, that they were going to be at a significant disadvantage and be potentially willing to they they would be willing from a gamesmanship standpoint to give something up to get something that they thought was beneficial for a game that they thought they might already lose anyway <laughs> yeah potentially so it, it's a it, it is a it, the problem is the remoteness of the coin flip so the, basically the 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 here's here's the biggest piece of this i'm going back to that first third bullet that the the first the bullet that we talked about need to making the decision prior to week 18 is consistent with our competitive principles and enables all clubs to know the playoff possibilities prior to playing the final weekend of the regular season games the only element of this that will not be known by formula of wins and losses is this bs coin not bs this coin flip okay it appears to me this coin flip ought to be made prior to the week 18 game and not after it. I think the only subtext to that, that I could give as a counterpoint, I tend to agree with you. I think that, I think that if you're going to go into all this, like just put it all out there, be abundantly clear about what it is for all the teams that are going into it. Clarity. And I think the NFL is trying to say this with this policy that, overall clarity for all the teams about what the outcomes are is the most fair way to operate moving forward. And so then having the coin flip before the games fits that kind of that mantra of what they're trying to accomplish here. I think the only tiebreaker that exists as subtext of that would be strength of schedule tiebreakers that like live in like the eighth or ninth or whatever iteration of tiebreakers that exist. Um, that they're known by rote though. I'm sorry. They're known by formula. Those things, but, that could, but could potentially. So let me finish. Then could yeah. potentially be altered by pat outcomes of games that weren't determined by the time that Baltimore and Cincinnati played. So if there were this, is, I don't think this scenario exists in the context of this year, but it it could exist where the games after Baltimore and Cincinnati played strength of schedule could end up making a difference. So you wouldn't know the outcome until those games were played afterwards. That would be an example where you wouldn't know going into the game. That would be the only way. Should part of this be moving the moving the Baltimore game back to four twenty five? Very in that instance, potentially, yeah. I mean, it's right now the the Chargers get to know whether or not the Ravens have already lost or not, um, and 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 play the game, you know, as they see fit. It, uh, it should it should be in that context. That like I, I doubt they'll move it now since they've already set the TV schedule, and I'm sure that there are lots of things from a, a business machination that may go into that. Maybe not, um, but. It should be for that those intensive purposes because it was moved. It was moved up under the pretext that it didn't. It was somewhat irrelevant in that regard, right? And that's that, right. Yeah, yeah. So th- th- it was. It was. I think the time was set. Frankly, 
with the uh, with the notion that that game would be either irrelevant or would be would be the that the Buffalo Cincinnati game would be completed. So you know, given how they've done it, I I mean, we've had games moved by by weather, by snow. We had a game moved by three hours against uh, Chicago the, the 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 time they were here during the blizzard. I mean, it's it's a it's a reasonable um, thing to do on a regular basis to to move games by a few hours. I don't think it's hard at all to flex this game to 425 again. I, I'm not I'm not really for it because the later in the day, the harder it is to start writing and analyzing and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> that's just a very personal thing. From a standpoint of fairness, I think coin flip in advance, Ravens and Chargers know exactly, and, and Bengals know exactly what they're playing for. And they know prior to their listing of inactives at the same time that, you know, exactly what's going on in terms of, of uh, how do they want to approach the games. And an interesting, and I haven't given this a lot of thought. It's a question just, that just popped into my head, so I don't have my own answer to it yet. But what does Cincinnati have left to play for to win this game? And are they going to play their starters in this game? Only, only the potential benefit of a win allowing them a neutral site AFC championship. Game. That's it. That's that it. seems and not worth playing your starters for to me. It, it, maybe maybe they know something about where it'll be played. If, if it's in Indianapolis, they may really think that's really a home game for us. We'll do it. But, you know, and, and even if it was closer to, even if they had to travel for it, just not having to play in, you know, Arrowhead's a tough place to play. It's cold. It's outdoors. If they did it in, like, you know, if they did it in an indoor stadium, maybe they think that's the, to their kind of like high powered offenses advantage. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe, maybe that's an incentive to play, but that's a few iterations down the road. I'd much rather stay healthy, not risk Joe Burrow, not risk losing another lineman, not risk, risk, risk losing Jamar Chase, who has already been hurt this year. Um, you know, those losses would be much more substantial to overcome than having to go to Kansas City to win a game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But we got to remember, neither the Ravens, nor the Bengals, nor any other NFL team has a 90-man roster currently. So they can't just pluck a, a fresh 45, you know, that, that they, they're they okay to lose and, and put them on the field. It's, they're going to be playing a lot of players who, they're, who they don't want to lose in, in, in any case. But you would uh, get four, what, four practice squad call-ups that you could make for the game, right? What's the, uh, what's the maximum? Just two? Okay, so think, you would get the two. two. Yeah. Yeah, two of the call-ups and, you know, another seven inactives. So you can protect you can protect a handful of – you can protect up to ten guys. That, you know, I, there are probably ten people that if the Ravens were playing, like, not not playing this week or, or playing mm -hmm. to not get injured, there are a very clear ten guys that I would say those are the ten guys that shouldn't play. I, th I think it's actually seven because you can elevate two to make it – to give you a roster 55 and then you, and then you have to – um, uh, inactivate seven. Your eighth offensive lineman gives you forty-eight. You're just keeping that for security purposes. You're not going to play him, so there's no there's no necessary risk with that. So I think the I think the least I think the 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 most you can protect is seven. Well, just in the sense that you have two more people that are now on the roster, like so you like they could still be active. So you could have a guy that was active, but you've now elevated two guys that. Well, that's true. To play tackle yeah. or to play quarterback or to play cornerback or to play whatever position that yes, wouldn't sir. have been there. So there's one more domino to fall, so to speak, is how I, I I'll buy that. But you're still limited to 48 on your roster. Correct. That you have to activate <laughs> from yes. 55. Correct, so, correct, correct. Okay. There's still there are definitely still gonna be guys that are are starters and and worthy. But I think that there I think both Baltimore and Cincinnati could think of 10 guys that they wouldn't probably want to play in this game if it wasn't meaningful. Right. So yeah, we could we could definitely talk about that to to some end. So 
you know, this this is uh, the, there's a final quote here that says, as we considered the football schedule, our principles have been to limit disruption across the league and minimize competitive inequities. Goodell said, I recognize there is no perfect solution that really needed to be part of this. He's a lawyer. He got it right. The proposal we are asking the ownership to consider, however, addresses the most significant potential equitable issues created by the difficult but necessary decision not to play. I think that's equity issues. Decision not to play the game under these extraordinary circumstances. So uh, they've done as well, as good a job communicating this as as they can. Uh, and I think they've 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 done pretty well in terms of of you know what could be done under these lousy circumstances. Some real thought went into this. Probably, as you suggest, a lot of interesting negotiations, specifically on the Baltimore Cincinnati situation. And uh, I wonder if there's an aggrieved party remaining. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs are one party that cannot truly believe they're aggrieved in this situation or maybe they can maybe they could they say you know hey buffalo was on track to lose that game <laughs> a tie is appropriate in fact it's generous and we should be the number one seed if we beat denver yeah one well, and really as long as they win this week you know against or or it's las vegas right i think the chargers uh, it, are playing okay. yeah I, the chargers are playing um denver i think i i might be wrong about that but either way you know as long as they win their game you know they're still in control of their own destiny and Derek Carr is not playing and jared Sidham and yada 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 i think i think in the in the scheme of things kansas city's got to be pretty happy about this that you know they're still in a win and they're in situation um and in control of their own destiny kind of regardless of what it looks like with only slight risk of Buffalo. Well, I mean, I, it's probably not slight risk. There's there's a pretty, I'd say, decent chance that Buffalo or Cincinnati is the foe that they'll face um, in that AFC championship game if they're still there. So potentially, I, I mean, that that's there's there's room to be pretty aggrieved about that. Maybe not today, but in a couple of weeks, you know, I, I'd be pretty grumpy as a, <laughs> as a Kansas City fan if that ended up being the case. Right. They, they, they get the neutral site. So if you really believe the neutral site can Chiefs fans travel well, like we say, I mean, if, if the neutral site is truly a neutral site, the tickets are divided equally between the two teams, which I think is that's one of the key considerations is just how they do that. Um, you know, then I think you, you probably are in a pretty good position to uh, to have a have, have fair representation there. And, and both of those teams, in fact, all three of these teams, Cincinnati's probably wrong about it, but the other two teams are going to have very loud fans at these games. Yeah. Or, I mean, it, it, yeah. To, so I think I think what that says is that it leaves a little bit of room for Kansas City to feel aggrieved when they get there. I it, it's just I think hard to get worked up three or four weeks in advance of what that's going to happen to feel particularly upset about that. And and for all intents and purposes from the outside of that, Kansas City kind of just has to has to be OK with this and, and what it's going to be. And, and you know, they, they're probably not unhappy about the opportunity to play in a dome, you know, in that AFC championship game anyway, potentially with Mahomes and, you know, Hardman being back and what their offense can do overall. So, you know, I I think, I think this was, I think this was pretty close to as equitable beyond, you know, given that they weren't going to play the game, finish the game with Buffalo and Cincinnati this week. I think this, this gets pretty darn close to, to being fair for everybody. Would, would you? Is there any other solution that you would have preferred with regard to the AFC Championship game, like coin flip for location? That'd be one, because coin flip for Baltimore Cincinnati seems like it's a difference where it, that could be played at a neutral site. 
I'm not sure what, what that neutral site is because uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh are definitely not neutral sites. I don't know where else you move this game to Atlanta. Where do you, where do you want to play this game to make it a, a true neutral site is, is a, would be difficult. Maybe Nashville, even that that's pretty, that's, that's too close, uh, you know, in a relative sense. So it, it, it's just very hard to find a neutral site for the, for those two teams in particular. Um, and I, I, I just, it's a little strange that one is a coin flip and the others are neutral sites. Yeah, it is. It is a little peculiar. I think. I think ultimately that was something that must have been negotiated in this process. Either mm-hmm. either Baltimore or Cincinnati said no to a neutral site for this game for whatever reason. Yeah, right. There is no neutral site, or, or each of them suggested a neutral site, and you know Baltimore chose Washington, and, <laughs> and, and Cincinnati chose uh, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> you know, that, would be, that would be equally bad, I think. Or they might choose Indianapolis for all that matter. I bet. Right. I, I think that I think it's a lot easier actually to find a neutral site between Baltimore and Cincinnati. I think the the hard part with Buffalo is they've just got a long way to go anywhere to make it neutral. You know, once you like, you can make Baltimore. Cincinnati both travel the same distance and probably find your way to somewhere that's that's like interesting like Dallas or something like that whereas right. Buffalo is just in this like no man's land in terms of kind of ha- what the burden of that travel is and and whether or not they expect that right and and you you wouldn't want to play the game in Boston or Atlanta or or, or uh, maybe you would maybe you want to play it in Atlanta because it's a dome stadium and this and that and whatnot and, and maybe the Ravens would have been okay with that they would they would have said yeah we might have Lamar back for the game and you know, a dome stadium sounds pretty good to us. I'm curious if there were any concessions, and and they probably wouldn't disclose this. Um, but any any concessions around whether these games would be played on the Saturday or the Sunday game once the playoffs oh, get here? Fascinating. So they, could, they could just do that behind the scenes, and we would mm-hmm. have we would be none the wiser. But like the agreement being that okay, Kansas City's like we're in on this, but you know, only if you get sure the Saturday that, game. <laughs> yeah, we want to play the earlier game, right? And yeah. and you know maybe Baltimore, you know, with Lamar being hurt, t- said the inverse. We're okay with this, but like we want our we want our playoff game since we're already locked in to be in the playoffs to be on Sunday. Um, we want that extra or, day or Monday. I hope they didn't ask for the Monday game. That would oh, be I really forgot bad. there's a Monday. Yeah, I would yeah. not. I wouldn't want the Monday game. Well, maybe. I mean, if if you want that extra day for Lamar, can't, can't be worth it. It cannot be worth it to have to have one last day of rest to face a a, a potentially bi weeked foe. It cannot be worth it. Maybe I, Lamar is uh, look. Look, the Ravens aren't going anywhere without Lamar. I agree and, with that. And, and if one day makes a difference, the Ravens, I don't think can win a playoff game without Lamar. Either. I, I agree completely. So if winning a playoff game the extra day, it means Lamar can play versus Lamar cannot play. I think you have to make that trade off. No, but I think the chance, the chance is so microscopic of the one day making a difference for Lamar coming back that you look at and you say either Lamar will be back or he won't be back probably for that first playoff game. Uh, and by the way, if somehow it's for the second playoff game and Huntley gets him through one, I don't even I, I don't even know what world we live on anymore. I really, <laughs> I, I, we're clearly we're clearly on Mars here if that if that happens. But uh, but that would be pretty weird in terms of of exactly what uh, what would happen then. I, I Yeah. You know, I think one of the other things that popped into my head about all of this was like with the neutral sites, like as the owner of the team, like I might be a little grumpy about losing my home like my home game for mm-hmm. like gate purposes, right? Like having to give away half the gate of a home, like from what we know about how the, the COVID related season wrecked the revenue streams 
for the NFL that there's money in them hosting these games at home for these teams. But that that may have been already part of the consideration. I know those teams have leases already, and that the the lessee in each of those parks may have had to uh, make a concession to the to the well, league. Regardless, you're losing half though of whatever. Like so, if you thought you were going to make ten million dollars on the game, and you have yep. to split that with somebody at a neutral location, you're only going to make five million. Uh, you, you're right. There's divisible benefit probably. It's, it's a divisible loss. <laughs> like a, like multi million dollar divisible loss to an owner having to agree with this, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, fascinating to walk through this with you, Jordan. I appreciate having someone with your background in particular uh, to be able to do this with. It's uh, it's always quite interesting. Uh, I think we've got the facts here straight. I, we certainly uh, uh, believe this will probably be approved by the league, as we said earlier, that uh, this is a fairly specifically laid out thing. A little weird, the coin flip versus neutral site. A little weird that Baltimore-Cincinnati does not uh, impact any game after the first round. But otherwise, seems pretty square. And in terms of the the, the, uh, uh, the, the 2023 repercussions, probably a pretty good deal for the Ravens. Do you think that there's any result of what this decision was that will affect whether or not there are some guys that the Ravens might not play on Sunday that might have been close to so like a Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell, um, maybe another guy or two that we don't know, like Ronnie Stanley. Those are three guys that, right. that clearly jump out to me. Even J.K. Dobbins, like, yeah, let him let him rest. You know, do you think you think they'll all be playing on Sunday? as a result of what this decision was? Okay, my, my prediction before was that they would all be resting. And the 5-6 like, thing they were playing for was nothing. And, and so my, it was just too remote a possibility to both beat Cincinnati and have the Chargers lose to make this worth it. Now, just this game then gives you the possibility of a home playoff game. I think the, the fans are going to expect the Ravens to play this game as if it's a real one. And they're going to want to see the, the, the regular starters out there. And I think that probably is the way they will end up going. You think you think they'll play? Yeah, that's yeah, you know I, I don't want them to play either. I don't want to see Campbell or Peters or Stanley or Dobbins, um, you know, or Moses. Quite frankly, I, I want him back for the playoff game as well. Like, don't push these guys. You know, I mentioned it. You know, from Cincinnati's regard, a, a major injury to any one of those players deals a significant blow to the Ravens' ability to win. You know, a play the the following playoff game with or without Lamar. Quite frankly, and and even even if it wasn't just for that game, a, a loss of another offensive lineman at this point for Cincinnati would be devastating for their for their ride through the playoffs. Even if they happen to get by the Ravens, so I can I I certainly can see the logic in it. I, it was it was absolutely clear to me if the if the if it was just a case of the Chargers and the Ravens games were the only one that matters, the Ravens would be sitting players. I still think it might be the right answer. Uh, if uh, assuming Lamar cannot go, and it certainly appears that's the case after after practice today, he was not there again. That uh, Anthony Brown might be the right decision for this game anyway. Yeah, I think. Well, if Anthony yeah. Brown is starting and Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters play significant snaps in this game, as a fan, you know, as as a fan, that that would bother me. <laughs> you, you, you bring up that. a good a good point though that that both of them can be active for the game. They can start the game. We can see where it's going and they can be removed. Yeah. That that my hope is that that would be the direction that this takes. See a lot more Justice Hill. Kenyon Drake should be active for this game. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of things should be set up and in place and and ready to be deployed appropriately. And I I can live with it if if that's the direction this ultimately ends up going. Yeah. All right. 
Very good. Jordan, always a pleasure to talk football with you in a complex thought exercise like this thing is just a, an interesting way to go. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you online. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Raven Sit Room, and um, you can find our podcast um, on filmstudybaltimore.com. Um, we are we've got the Situation Room over there. We had to my work schedule was out of control in December, so we had to take a couple weeks off. But we're we're back and revved up, and hopefully ready to see a new Ravens in this uh, upcoming postseason. Outstanding, outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, line you up for now for the playoffs or for the off season. Uh, just interested in what kind of a idea you have. Uh, send me any kind of a note about it and DM and Twitter. They're always open. Uh, and i uh, love to hear from you. I'll get back to you very quickly on setting that up. Uh, Jordan, thanks again for doing this. Thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.